Hello, Clockworker. Welcome to another episode of the Run Like Clockwork Book Club podcast. But today we have a special guest for chapter 10. We have Gabby here with us as well from Team Run Like Clockwork. We've got Emily, we've got Gabby. It's a party. Metrics party because yes. today we're going to be talking about find and fix bottlenecks. Master the method for ongoing and continuous improvement in any business. And we wanted Gabby to be here because this, this chapter is really all about the metrics and making sure you know what's going on in your business and metrics are key for that. So, hey everyone. Hello. Gabby Hello. needed to be here for this one. She's going to do a lot more chit-chatting than me, for, that's for sure. Um, but that's why You're I love this queen, Emily. What are you talking about? <laughs> I feel four like plus I can four equals sock. Four plus four equals sock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can make decisions based on the data, but I'm not the best at collecting and, uh, creating useful information out of the data. So I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the whole point of this chapter. So that's why I'm yeah. glad that we're digging into it because like the most important thing that stuck out to me is like, you need to make your metrics as simple as possible for people like me and your dashboard needs to be as simple as possible to look at for people like me. That was the big point. The most important point for me in this one. Okay. Big. That's a good big takeaway. I will piggyback on that. Say that my, I kind of had two, but that's just cause I'm, you can't help yourself. Um, I just can't help myself. But my first one was that your key metrics will show you the health and direction of your business at a glance, right? Well, they should, you should be able to look at them. Like Emily said, like quickly, it should be simple. It should be to the point and you should know how are we doing just with those five or so metrics, um, that someone's sharing with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like Emily said, you also don't have to be the person collecting these. You probably shouldn't be the person collecting these if you're the CEO and you're, you know, trying to remove yourself from the business. You're also probably not the best one to get this data and be monitoring this data. So once you set up, like, here's what we need to be monitoring, have someone help you build that dashboard or even post-it note. I know when we first wrote the book, we talked about the idea of like having everything just fit on a post-it note and if you have a physical office, some person just comes and the Gabby in your team just comes and puts the post-it note on your computer on Friday. And then you take a look at it and you're like, oh, okay, we good or We're good. yikes, this one. Yeah. So they need to be simple, right? They need to be the, to the point. You don't even need to have some fancy dashboard if you can't get to that. Like even a post-it note will do. So don't let those things stop you, I think is a big piece of metrics, right? Yeah, I definitely have to agree that simple is better Um, in the many one-on-ones I've had with our students. They come with these metrics that are like a mile long. And I'm like, that's not. Like, what is that? What are we even, what are we finding here? Three. Yeah, let's just pick three. And they should be like very key pivotal things that are going to make the big differences. You don't need to go into the like minutia of it. It's just large pieces that then you can then dive into at a deeper level if need be. 
Yeah, I think what happens sometimes is when they're not tracking any metrics, they can kind of like swing to the other side of the spectrum. Right. And then they're like, I need to track everything now. And mm-hmm. it's like, but what is that metric actually even telling you, right? Like, what is, how are you using that? I always try to ask, like, how are you using that to make decisions in the business or change the business? And if you're not, then it's probably not that valuable of a metric, right? It's just noise at that point. So like Gabby said, really trying to drill it down. And in this chapter, we talk about kind of having the met, like, especially if you're first getting started, a good way to establish like, what metrics do I even need is to use the ACDC model, right? Like get some, get a metric, get one metric for each of those and understand what it means. And if it's actually helping you move the business forward. And if it's not, trash it, stop tracking it. Don't worry about it. Right. If it's not actually helping you uh, make decisions or move the business forward, then it's not something that maybe needs to go on your dashboard. Maybe it's something that someone else needs to track because it affects them, but it's not something that needs to roll up to that bigger dashboard. Oh yeah. I'm all for tracking everything, but you don't need to have it on the dashboard and it doesn't need to even be something that's, you can just have like a data dump of stuff. And then you know, if you're using a spreadsheet or a, a program, having it pull information from that data dump, but at least then you have the all the information at some point if you needed to look at it, but you don't have to look at every single tiny piece. Yeah, yeah there's a difference between tracking My- your metrics and reporting your metrics. You know, you can track a lot of stuff, but like mm. be really mindful with what you're actually like putting the effort in to report out. Yeah. And and even like with tracking, like just be really mindful of the energy and resources it takes to like track certain things. Like some things are really hard to track and other things are not right. And so we're, we're always need to be looking for things that are pretty simple for us to monitor. And there's a lot of software systems that you can use for some of your tracking, but for some of you, you may have metrics that you also just need to manually track and just be mindful if if those things are of value to you and how much effort it's taking you to to track right like even the example in the book of like the blue light um right blue light tracking uh, whatever they were yeah, yeah you know it's like the metric was like is the are blue light flashing right like, yeah the blue light needs to be flashing because that means we're welding and the more welding we're doing the better so it's just a yes, no. Is the blue light on? Yes, yeah. no. The more the blue light is on, the better. Yeah. You know, they could get really uh, deep into the minutia there of like, what percent of time is the blue light on? But if it takes them too much time to actually track that, it's not worth it, right? It's just better to say, is the blue light on or not, right? Yes or no. And as maybe they get more advanced or grow, then maybe we're tracking percent of time that the blue light is on. But I think go simple in the beginning and then grow and get fancier from there. You don't want something that, you know, takes too much effort and energy to track that you end up just bailing on it and not tracking it at all. Yeah. My other like big driver since I had to was if your effort, and this is in like the first piece of the chapter, which really sets the tone for why So the bottlenecks framework was was something that I came up with years ago, and it was kind of the the precipice of why I came up with this framework, because if you're you're putting in a lot of effort, but you're not getting the results that you're wanting, then it's usually one of two problems. Either one, you're trying to solve the wrong problem, or two, you're trying to solve too many problems at once. And that's kind of how we established 
how at the time I established the bottleneck framework and how we use it in clockwork today is really identifying like which bottleneck do you have right now and focus your energy on solving that instead of trying to solve everything in the business, which is what a lot of people do, or you're trying to solve the wrong problem. And, you know, you may have uh, a convert problem, but you're spending all your energy on delivery. It's like, well, you're never going to grow in the way that you want if you're solving the wrong problem. And a lot of people set goals based on just like their feelings for that quarter versus what bottleneck do I actually have that if I put effort in the right place, it's going to um, unblock some of those things and, and be a better use of our efforts and get us even better results. So it's absolutely an efficiency tool um, is using these bottlenecks and really understanding how to measure them so that you can track those on your metric sheet and pay attention to the ones that really need solving. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that one in my drivers. Totally. I think it's also uh, interesting to note that this is the third chapter of the book where we focus on you can only have one. You can only have one QBR. You can only have one primary role job. You can, you can have all the bottlenecks, but you can only solve one at a time. And that is Correct. because that's efficiency 101. Like it's much more efficient to focus all of your efforts on one thing at a time before you move on to the next thing. So, yep. And I, I liked it too that like um, in the book, Mike talks about how if you can't figure out which one your bottleneck is, look for where the time is like backing up. Like what is sitting the longest? Where mm -hmm. is that like sitting? I thought that was just like, oh, right. Because so many times when people are like, oh, my bottleneck is this. But we're like, mm, is it really? Like, because I right. think it might be this and they can't see it. But then if you really pull back and you look and you see, where the time is that is being wasted, just sitting where nothing is happening. Yeah. Uh, then you, you're like, oh, that makes more sense. That's the actual bottleneck. Tangible yep. example at clockwork. Because like Emily said, like, oh, you go, oh, go ahead, Emily. No, I was going to say like our example, our, our bottleneck is convert right now. And that's because people take are taking longer to go from the attract stage to convert stage. You know, they're like joining, they're, they're, they're in, they're in our audience, but they're taking longer to convert. And right now, and we're like, that means we have a convert bottleneck because that's where they're backing a up. Little... They're backing up. You were me. Oh yeah. Gabby's our bottleneck. No, I did. <laughs> I bottlenecked us at one point. So I'm like, I have no, you bottlenecked I... your own role. I think there is a difference. My own role, not the company, but I bottlenecked my own yeah. role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do our sticky note quotes. Okay. I think mine, I could I could take credit for any of these um, as the one I picked, but I think mine was the numbers don't lie. Yeah. Because sometimes, like I said earlier, like we have a feeling about something or like we want something to be a certain way, but you can make a lot better decisions when you have metrics and you're looking at the numbers because the numbers do not lie to you, right? Like they are telling you the truth of what is happening in the business and you can choose to ignore it if you would like, but at least you have something uh, data driven to help you make decisions once you're tracking these metrics and they will not lie and your yeah. feelings do lie sometimes. So yeah. My sticky note quote was don't make your metrics dream numbers, make them realistic indicators. So don't inflate mm. what's possible. Like don't crush your own dreams by setting these unrealistic goals based on nothing. Um, 
because the more grounded in reality your metrics stay, the easier it is to see your incremental improvements over time. Yeah. So like one of the things we talk about at clockwork and even in the book is like when you have your metrics, then having some sort of indicator of when we're, you know, in the red, in the yellow, in the green, so that you can like easily look at things and it's even like color coded or, you know, when you're like falling off track, like have some sort of range of acceptability. Um, and that's kind of what Emily's talking about is like those, those dream numbers, those dream goals that you're setting in those ranges, like make sure they're realistic, uh, because those indicators can feel really defeating. If also, if you're constantly looking at a red and like you're putting all this energy into a red when again, you're going to be solving the wrong problem. If in actuality, there's no way for you to get into the green of what you've, you know, set for yourselves and for the team. So being realistic with those is really important so that you're not wasting a ton of resources in the wrong places again. It was totally mine. And then I saw it there and I was like, I'm gonna have to pick another one. <laughs> oh, you can pick the same one. That's fine. Sometimes we pick the same one. Yeah. No, I, I, I did find a good one. I picked the rebuilding your business is really a better choice than fixing a clog in your business. Clear one bottleneck at a time. There it is. So, yeah. I like how that just kind of like summed it all up essentially like with the bottlenecks and yeah. everything and how sometimes as a business owner, you can feel like, I'm just going to scrap it all and um, start from the beginning. like Burn it to the ground. How many people ground. have we worked with who are like, I'm just burning this thing down. Shutting I can't it down. do it anymore. Everyone's fired. And, and I'm like, cool. Yeah. And sometimes like, cool. Do that. But you don't have to, you know? No, like let's take a take a breath, yeah, and maybe let's look at which bottleneck we need to focus on. Yeah, <laughs> start there. All right, what else? Anything else for further consideration? We talked about ACDC bottlenecks. We yeah. talked about when you have multiple bottlenecks at the same time. Did we talk about different types of metrics? Yeah, it was. You touched on like how sometimes it's as simple as a yes no or on off, you know. And I think those are or you know, or 90%, we're 90% of the way there, or just having like the indicators. I think those are like a really easy way to keep it simple. A lot of our clients get so caught up in how to track their QBR and we're like, are you doing it or not? Yes or no? Right. Yes, no. Are you doing it 90% of the time? Like if you want to take it one layer deeper, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like it can be that simple. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is on page 175, but I underline like, but a metric is always measurable and comparable. Yes. That's all criteria right like is it measurable a yes no is measurable yeah a red green is measurable right so and comparing it comparing it to previous benchmarks comparing it to future goals yeah right so don't overthink what a metric needs to be i think is important i think to the the 90 percent that emily keeps saying like it's not 100 percent. like you're 100 is a very unrealistic number to yeah. try and achieve something by like being realistic and saying 90% or 95% or something, because there is going to be unexpected things that happen. There are going to be things that it's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So being realistic in that and giving like yourself and your company that grace to like, be like, it's not going to happen hundred percent of the time, but 90% of the time, totally doable. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then the other thing um, for just further consideration was like testing when you're making changes to improve things, like testing each one individually. Yes. Right. Versus so important. Like changing all the variables because that's what people typically want to do. Right. They want to like 
let me just change everything because this isn't working and I want to make it work faster. And it's counterproductive, like counterintuitive thinking, like, oh, I'll change all these things and then it'll solve our problem faster. But then in that process, I mean, Mike gives the example of his lawnmower. Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> that would be that would be me fixing something like that because... I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to like press a bunch of things, right? And then I don't know what I broke in in the yeah. process of trying to fix it. And the same thing is true for your business, right? So turning the, the dial like one variable at a time. I mean, this is the scientific method, like 101, right? Like we only change one variable at a time so that we have some sort of control. Yeah. So that we can see, did this work? Did this not work? Okay, put it back, change something else, right? Because... It's again an efficiency principle of if we change all of all of these things at once, we don't actually know what worked and then we may be spending additional energy and efforts in a place that we actually didn't need to because that wasn't the thing that made the difference. Maybe it was this thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really hard for people in action, but just because you have to go slower. Yeah, yeah getting you really to have to slow down after, even though even though you don't think it is. Yeah, like it may take more, time, but it's better in the long run. It may it's better if it even it may take more time in the beginning. And I think too the key is like putting it back. I think like people will turn the dial and be like, oh well, that didn't do anything, and then leave it instead of like putting it back. Like he used the example of the sales speech or the sales pitch, and he was like, we changed the sales pitch, but then I went back and that was didn't change. It changed back to the original sales pitch and then like we did this and then that didn't change we went back to the original thing and then eventually found out what it was but like um the putting it back part i think is also a very key piece that people may tend to miss oh yeah mm -hmm. so i can true. even like think of my myself being like oh i don't want to put it back like what <laughs> if it makes it worse you know i think that that's hard for people to do but also really important because if it's not the factor that changed things then put it back to the original if so that we can test the next thing yeah all right team perspective what do y'all think okay so i highlighted this quote on page 190 because i want all the team members to remember this and all the ceos okay pe listening okay oh yeah ceo adrian listen people can be the grease of the gears and if you lose good people no matter how fast your gears are spinning they will burn up and grind to a halt great systems with people who don't do a great job or know people at all fail. Ironically, marginal systems with great people can still squeak by. So Damn. like be, be, be good, but like, don't let your people go. Just don't let your people go. Just hold on to them. <laughs> They're so let important. Yeah. <laughs> but don't, like, if you have don't good people like that, people they are worth their weight in gold because they, they can make or break the trajectory of your business. I stand behind it. I've seen it with our hundreds of clients. Like good team members can make or break your business. Sorry to be like, it's a hot take maybe, but I feel it. I mean, I think it's like the, the underlying like part of clockwork at Run Like Clockwork. I think that it's not something we necessarily are known for, like, publicly but i i know that that is what we do and that is the message that when we're working with clients like your people are so important like the systems is actually secondary to making sure that you're communicating with people that you're taking care of people because like you can have 
the best systems in the world. But if you have shitty people or if you have people that don't care or if you have people or if you have people leaving all the time, then like that's not going to get you you're not going to scale what you're looking for. Yeah. yeah, you're not going to be able to scale, right? Whereas with where you can have marginal systems, like he said, like they can be okay. We can, you know, we can get by with them. They're not perfect. Like even at Run Like Clockwork, like our systems are not perfect, but we have great people and that's what makes it work, you know? And like, we're constantly improving our systems, but we're never going to reach perfection. And I would, I would always choose like the people over the systems any day. So I think that's an important message and you want both. But don't burn your people out just at the sake of efficiency, right? Or mass productivity, mm-hmm. which is what most corporations do. Like, yeah. You are a, a widget. A widget, exactly. What about you, Gabby? Or widget, please. I am going to support that one because I really like that. I really yeah. think it's it makes, it makes so much sense, even from a personal level with Run Like Clockwork. Like what I've gone through and everything. And I, I know that because of who we are, like our team and everything, like, those are you want your people to stay and you want them to be there and you can you can change and fix systems but you can't always like change people yeah so like it's also much more expensive much more expensive and you i mean i could go to another job or something not not that i would ever but like i'm saying i could that could happen right like but for whatever reason but the people would not be the same and the systems might the systems might be better there right but like that doesn't mean that the people would be the same or the job itself would be better. And like from a team member perspective, like it's more fulfilling for me as a team member to be with a good team. And it's like like a really good thing to think about when you're thinking of like recruitment of people, like has anyone ever chosen to work for a company because they had the best systems in the world, but like the people were mediocre. Like Like if you think about, if you think about like, people who work at like McDonald's or, you know, they have the best systems in the world to make their jobs as efficient as possible. And people still hate that job because I think it really depends on who they work with, you know? Yeah. How those people make them feel. How they feel when they're there. Yes. Does my manager, do my teammates care about me? And am I supported? Probably going to be miserable. Yeah. 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 Okay, my la- my team perspective was also like to get clear on where your work fits into the ACDC mm-hmm. chain and also knowing like what metrics you're responsible for producing um, and, and having conversations about that so that you're clear on outcomes and what yeah. you need to be monitoring and observing and moving towards and also making suggestions for improvements. Like don't be scared to make suggestions as a team member of what could make this better or where you notice that like something is not going well um, because that's going to only make you more valuable to the business. And sometimes people I think are nervous to speak up in certain environments, but with the clockwork process, the idea is that like you are more autonomous in your role and you can kind of own that area and that outcome, but the first step is kind of knowing what you're, what you're actually meant to be responsible for. So get yeah. clear on what metrics you contribute to, um, and start monitoring and observing them. Yeah. All right, Gabby, this is your jam. So what's the clockwork in action? What's the what's the a- the action step that leader ris- listeners and readers leaders that was confusing need to take all of those all of those words listeners readers and leaders what should they go do. <laughs> I, I- I definitely think it's identifying your metrics. So if you can't, um, can't know, we, like we talked about, if you don't know where to start, 
go back to the ACDC and your QBR and do that as your basis. Um, and then kind of go from there. Simpler is better. Find the simplest, most impactful metrics. Yeah. Yeah. And just go with it and create something that just dumps the data in and pulls the data out, whether it's a person that does that or a, a spreadsheet or a system that as a system that does that, right? Like figure it out and then have it just laid out very clearly and con uh, concisely so you can easily read it in like a five minute glance. You're looking at it. I, I now want to actually redo all of our dashboards after I reread this chapter, just in case. I know, I'm getting so much of my own inspiration because that's the thing about clockwork, right? It's like continuous improvement. Like things could always just, like as we grow, we find new ways to do things, like new inspiration. Yeah. So like always trying to improve what we have. Like we have dashboards, but yeah, like maybe we could refine and create a post-it note one for me or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um to fly down to florida and put it on your desk It'd be every day every friday every friday i'm gonna every fly down to florida and put it on your desk <laughs> i would love that perfect <laughs> all right friends we will see you in the next chapter which is chapter 11 take we're talking about taking the four-week vacation we made it we made it we'll see you there we're almost almost to the end